0: Alright, welcome to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off-limits, so let's get started. Alright, man, so it's been 20, almost 24 hours since uh, Roman Reigns won the Elimination Chamber. And I'm pissed off. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not thrilled, either. Um, I am a lot more cooler than I was last night. I've cooled off quite a bit since then. But Not me. But I mean, I'm still. I mean, the reasons we stated last night are have not changed why we think Roman should not be there. But I did see a little interesting tidbit that could be a savior to a potential Roman Reigns Universal Championship win. So from Sports Kedia, that's where I saw this article Braun Strowman will be added to the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match and it will be made a triple threat match.
1: Well, it definitely looks like what they were doing, especially after the way that they they uh, went off the air last night at the chamber pay-per-view. I mean, you would think so.
0: I mean, that's what it looked like. I mean, I think I even said it as I was watching it and podcasting at the same time was, is this where they're going? And it could be that could definitely be, you know, because then what you have is if Roman Reigns is if this information still hasn't come out. Or it has, you can do one of two things. If it hasn't come out, number one, and the crowd's still booing him and you know, nothing's changing, then you have a little bit of a scapegoat. You can put the strap on Braun and let Braun have his moment. Number two, if the information does come out and Reigns does get suspended, then you have a fallback option because you made it a triple threat match. You can just change it to, you know, a singles match. So I mean those are, you know, two good possibilities that could happen if WWE decides to go that route and make get a triple threat. All
1: right. Let's talk about uh, actually just heard about it not too long ago from you. And I just watched a uh, courtesy of pro wrestling unlimited on YouTube. Go check them out. That uh, Kane's actually backstage has been spotted, Correct. has been spotted with his mask uh, for tonight's role. And, you know, with a lot of outside projects, especially for him running for mayor and the fact that he stated about two weeks ago that he's, Positive, almost positive 99.9% sure that this will be his last match at Wrestlemania with the WWE so, so what do you think his role will be tonight on Raw
0: you know it said that he would start to take shape um, the one thing that I feared was that that would be who Braun ends up fighting like uh, Kane says you know what After what you did to me, I'm not done with you yet. That's an interesting thing to keep an eye on to see if that's I
1: think they're going in a whole different direction. I I think they're going with Kane.
0: If I had to guess, I'd say Finn Balor.
1: Exactly. The, The Demon King versus the Demon Kane at WrestleMania.
0: I mean, that's a good possibility. I mean, that would be a nice rub for Finn Balor. I mean... Granted, it wouldn't be the same rub as him beating the Undertaker, but I mean, Kane, a former WWE champion, a former multi-time World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, Kane's
1: tag team champion, Intercontinental Champion, Hardcore Champion, yeah. the second longest senior guy with the company. Yeah, um, on active roster. So, I mean, and and I mean, Kane's no slouch, and especially with his history with the Undertaker. I mean, that's basically the best, the best rub you can get besides the Undertaker.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, The Undertaker and Kane, you know, two completely different, you know, guys and styles. And I think, you know, at his – I mean, Kane still shows that he could, you know, can go a little bit, I mean, for his advanced age. But I don't know. If that's where they're going with Finn, then I guess that's what they're going with Finn. It's just, you know, I didn't take Kane into any of the the plans, as, you know, we've been podcasting and talking about. Um, Neither did I. I didn't even think that he was even going to be there, but – and it's weird because
1: he was in the world title match last month at the Rumble and everybody just seems to have forgotten about Kane. They forgot about him. And, you know, now, now from what, you know, we're hearing the rumblings, he's, he's coming back and I would love to see him. I love to see him in a match with, with Finn Balor, especially with Kane and his mask. And then if you have the demon King with, with Finn Balor, I think that'll be really, really two interesting characters Interesting style, interesting story they can tell. Now, I'm not going to go on a limb and say I'm going to be impressed with the match necessarily, and Kane is my second favorite wrestler of all time, but I think they can tell a really good story
0: and uh, something I'd be really interested in. Well, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people had that thought about AJ Styles and Shane last year. People didn't have high expectations for, you know, for that match, even though Styles can elevate anybody but the match actually turned out to be a lot better than probably what it should have. I would probably put this match up there in that category only because Finn Finn's a strong worker, he can go he he can carry definitely, you know, some parts of the match, you know, where, you know, Kane may be slowing down a bit. I think their styles will actually work out very well because it, it would be like Finn versus Brock, you know, Kane's a very powerful man and you know, Finn, you know kind of like Brock and AJ, you know. Ask. Yeah, Brock Brock and AJ, for example great matchup you know when they had it Brock physical style against AJ's flying around and you know same thing with Finn Balor I think he could uh you know look what he did with uh you know Strowman last night in the part of the chamber where you know he was chopping him down like a tree and was able to hit the coup de gras, you know on him and I mean I, I I definitely think it that could be a great match if that's where it goes right here
1: so, what do you What is your predictions tonight As far as the Ronda Rousey Triple H, Stephanie McMahon And Kurt Angle situation, because obviously Last night, you know, we had Ronda Rousey Putting Triple H through a table, and then You had, you know, Kurt Angle open his mouth Which was kind of out of the blue I mean, because Kurt hasn't necessarily been fighting with Stephanie Recently, or, or Triple H So it kind of seemed like a last minute decision For where they're headed I think it's pretty obvious it's Kurt and Ronda versus the authority for mania, but with with the way that they had booked it last night for Kurt out of nowhere to start running his mouth and then the fact that you know, slap and then she put Triple H to the table and now Kurt is supposed to be apologizing tonight. How do you see this playing out? How, how where do you see this
0: going? Don't be surprised it's in the two singles matches. Um, do I think it's heading towards a tackle. Sure. Um but do I you you, you can't rule it out. You cannot rule out, especially with the way they like to change their minds at the very last minute. You cannot rule out the fact of these matches being two separate one-on-one matches. I do agree with you. I think they're going the tag team route, but there I would probably say with these four, you know, you can't rule anything out. Which is what I I would prefer... I would prefer to see Ronda's debut be a one-on-one match. And I would love to see if Kurt Angle... Now, the way I could see this being a tag team match is if Kurt Angle, for some reason, can't physically get himself in the prime shape. But, I mean, he has plenty of time. But if they decide, well, he can't get to the prime shape to do it, it'd be safer to just do a tag match. Kurt, then, could it still at least protect Ronda in that sense?
1: Well and, and, the, and the thing too is is uh, here's why I'd rather single see him in, in in a singles match, and it boils down to this: Stephanie's not an in-ring c- competitor. Rhonda is technically moving forward, she will be, but she's yet to have a match. All right so if you were to book if you were to book Ronda versus Stephanie, no one's going to expect you know a classic match or nothing because can will tell a good story, have Rhonda you know beat the shit out of Stephanie and basically have a little embarrassing run that, you know, goes over. But then you could turn to Triple H and Kurt. And it's almost like you had Triple H and Sting at 31. I think Kurt could still go a little bit more than Sting could at the time. And I think it has to do with the booking also. And Sting was a little bit not, – not as in well shape as Kurt. But I, I still think you could get a really good match out of Triple H and Kurt, something that could actually be at least better than Brock and Goldberg last year, in my opinion. I think you could get a really, really good match out of it. So, uh, that's why I would personally rather see them split up because if you put them all four in one match, you've got a lot of big names in one big match, kind of like they did last year with The Miz and Maurice versus Cena and, and Nikki. But I, I think that they're going to go the tag team route because it's all more eyes. You have Honda Rousey and Triple H and Stephanie and Kurt all in one ring. More eyes. You have the, you have the wrestling fans. You have the UFC fans, the, the Olympic fans, all – big match. So I think it creates more interest and buzz that way if you're not the capital wrestling fan, if, if they do the tag team match. And I see them, that's probably the smartest decision for that reason. But from a pure wrestling standpoint, I would rather see just two separate matches. See, I,
0: I, Let me disagree with what you said earlier. You said back when Triple H fought Sting that you think Kurt Angle is in better shape than Sting was back then. We don't know. We haven't seen Kurt Angle in a one-on-one match yet. We saw Kurt Angle in a, you know, when he teamed up with Ambrose and uh, and Seth, but we haven't seen Kurt Angle in an actual one-on-one match yet. So I don't know if I think Sting was probably in a lot better shape than even Kurt was during that six-man match at the time. Sting at the time did a little better than I even anticipated he was going to do when he fought Triple H. I mean, you could hear the crowd chanting, "He still got it! He still got it!" And same with Kirk. They did that well,
1: the paper. Well, also, you got to look at how they, how they booked Kurt Angle in the match sp- specifically. I feel like they booked it almost to protect him. You know, they, they booked it because they, it, you know, he wasn't supposed to originally be in the match. He was supposed to be Roman. He got sick, whatever. When, when you had the Sting thing, you know, they, they put him in the, in the match at Mania. And there was a couple of times where Sting went for, like, the Scorpion, and he kept tripping over himself. And there was a couple of times where he Sting ran the ropes, and he – the speed wasn't what it should have been. No, it's not taking that away from Sting. I've respected him. I've I've met him at church camp. Really nice guy. I have nothing bad to say about him or his in ring work. But I think that if you were to look at the match that Sting and Triple H had at Mania Thirty One and compared it to what Kurt and Triple H could have, I personally believe the match would be would be more smoothly and uh, slightly better. Also, too, you know, Sting or Kurt Angle, you know, up until two or three months before he came back to WWE last year, he was still wrestling on the independent scene a few times a month. From TNA. Some promos, worked one match. had taken a lot of time off from his, even in TNA, the last few months he was there, he wasn't really wrestling. He was more in the commissioner role. So, Sting had a lot more time uh, uh, ring rust. I guess Sting had a lot more time for ring rust to build up. Plus, I mean, Kurt, he had been in the WWE system before. He knows how it all goes. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He's wound up with a broken freaking neck, like he's always told us. That's right. I just personally think that we would get a better match out of Kurt than we got out of Sting. Not saying Sting couldn't deliver a great match or a better match than Kurt, but I think from what we saw with Sting and Triple H, I think we'd get something better with Kurt and Triple H. Plus, you got to also look at how they booked the Sting-Triple H match.
0: That's true. And and you also have to think, since it's the biggest event of the year which is wrestlemania you would have to think that if they do go this route that kurt will be in the appropriate shape that he needs to be in because one he understands it's mania but i think that's what it comes down to if kurt angle and triple h do go one-on-one at mania and kurt angle shows up during that match and he appears winded like he did during the you know six-man tag i mean because you're right about that that was a last minute you know decision
1: he had no time to really de- – Kurt knows this far in advance whether he's going to be in a tag match or he's going to be in a singles match. Kurt's got, you know, six, seven weeks – or six weeks to prepare. And, I mean, who else knows how far back they actually made the decision and said, okay, we're going to do it. So he could have had, you know, 10, 12 weeks, maybe even longer. But official, once they officially got Ronda to come in and sign the contract, you know, now he knows he's got, you know, six, eight weeks, whatever. He can get in that ring shape and and – Be prepared.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. If Kurt is in the shape that we know he can be in, I mean, listen, I I look at Kurt Angle, especially back before he left the company. There was a couple matches that he reminded me of, you know, Shawn Michaels. The Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania, it was like two Shawn Michaels going at it. I mean, those two were still, you know, those two were just on the same page that whole night. That match was completely one of best Kurt Angle. WrestleMania matches I'd ever seen. I think Kurt could deliver a hell of a performance if he's in the shape that he needs to be in.
1: And if you remember, too, and this is going back to the Sting point, Sting, when he came in, he had never wrestled for WWE ever. Besides the one match on Raw, it was a DQ finish with the Big Show. That was Sting's first time. He was happy to be there. He was excited and wanted to perform Performance Mania. Kurt Angle has been at Mania before. His last match was the triple threat match at Mania with Orton and Mysterio in 2006. That was the last match he had. That was the last last thing. Kurt's not going to want to get in there and wrestle if he can't at least match what he did or outdo it. Right.
0: And again, uh, that's all mental. It's It's all mental with Kurt. If Kurt thinks he can do it, he'll do it. If he doesn't, he won't.
1: Exactly. I I guess what I'm saying is maybe the the, the mindset between Kurt Angle and Sting was totally different.
0: Because Sting had always wanted to perform there, never had his chance, and then he finally had the chance to do it. He actually put on a pretty good match with Triple H, uh, outside of the little stumbles there. He did it. I'm not saying it's a bad match.
1: I'm not saying it's a bad match. I just, like I said, there were times where he stumbled, and it it could have been nerves, too, you know? Don't get me wrong. And then he he started a good match with Seth's later that year at Night of Champions before he got injured. I mean, I'm not saying Sting can't go anymore because he he can still go. I just think that we current Angle's a little step higher than than Sting. But like I said, it's also with how he's booked the the mindset. There's a lot of different factors into it. So and I, the only thing I really didn't like about the match with Sting and Triple H, I, I was enjoying the match uh, honestly. A lot of people were happy because you had the NWO and DX come out, but I'm probably one of the only ones that'll say and honestly say, I was not a fan of that. I didn't like the fact that DX came out, and I, I didn't like the fact that, that, that the NWO came out. I think it should have been between Sting and Triple H. I think it ruined Sting's moment. Um, I, I, I didn't like it. I think it hurt the match. And, I mean... I'll side with you on
0: that one. I, I just wasn't a fan. I'll side with you on that one, because you know, Sting's first match, he wanted to have his moment, and then he ends up sharing it with Hall and Hogan and Nash and you know there's
1: 10 there's ten guys. It should have been just between the two if, yeah. if dx and nwa came out afterwards embroiled or you know something that would have been fine but like like a post-match attack or something but i think from the time that the bell started to the bell ended it should have been just between triple h and sting with no interference it ruined the match it ruined Sting's moment it, it I, I feel like it damaged it and hurt hurt the authenticity uh, of, of the match
0: i'll even take it one step further I think that was Triple H's way of putting the exclamation point on the fact that WCW, you know, I'm sorry, the WWE kicked WCW's ass. Well, and, and don't
1: get me wrong, I'm pretty sure you know Sting could have said, "Well, I don't like it," you know. But I'm, I mean, you know, Sting, Sting's first time there, he gets to share it with, with, you know, old friends and the two rivalries, and it was a cool moment. Don't get me wrong. And so I'm, I'm not blaming Sting for it. But I mean, maybe that should have been like a SummerSlam or or a raw maybe not mania but i I agree i think triple h you know it's mania sting's gonna be happy he's here he's gonna do whatever no matter what because he's just excited and grateful and you know i i'm pretty sure he talked sting into it and that was like you said his way of putting the explanation point of we kicked your ass i still think sting should have went over in the match um that's that's just me especially if they had all the interference then they should at least have sting go over that way triple h could have said well I wasn't beat fair and square or something, but well, did you? Hear, I, I just I I didn't did, like.
0: Did you hear why Sting put him over? Because Sting thought at the time, at the time he signed the contract for the matchup, Sting did say in an you know in an interview that the old rule of the company is that you put over if you're leaving. You put the guy over if you're leaving. Right. Right. So that's why he put Triple H over because he honestly thought it was a one and done. Like, you know, I'm getting my moment here at Mania. You know, he even said there were no plans to fight Seth Rollins until, you know, just shortly before, you know, SummerSlam. That's when those plans started to uh, apparently come into c- come into focus. So then when he signed it, it was, okay, I'm only fighting Triple H. This is it. You know, I'm going to put Triple H over because that's, you know, I'm an old school, you know, guy of the business, and that's what you do. Had the Seth Rollins plans come into... Focus even around then. I think we would have seen a different result, most likely. But I agree. I still think Sting should have gone over. We all went in. We all went into that match thinking Sting was going over. Everybody. Well, has- and, and,
1: and I, I respect Sting for his, for his decision and his respect for the business and the old school mentality. My issue is is with Triple H as big of a star as he is, as many WrestleManias that he's had, world titles that he's had, taking over the company. I feel like Triple H should have been like, you know what? It's it's fair. It's only fair. It's right. You know, it's the nice thing to do. I feel like you know Triple H should have mm-hmm. listing no screefish, no interruptions, no BS. He should have laid down and put his pride aside.
0: And because I, I, because ever since that, he said was CM Punk. Triple H has lost every WrestleMania since then. If you think about it. Right. So
1: and him, and him, being, him being Sting, I mean, he, he's lost the, you know, he well, he lost to Roman and he lost to yeah. um, Brian, uh, Seth Rollins. I mean, he's lost to a lot of other bigger names, at least for today's generations. So I don't see why him losing to Sting would have hurt
0: him anymore. Yeah, I personally believe this was all about, you know what, you nearly put us out of business. You know. Screw you. Even though, you know, they wanted Sting. I mean, if I were in Sting's position and I really wanted that, because now Sting will never have another. Here's how I think they should have done this. They should have saved Sting and Triple H then until the Rumble. Sting goes over, you know, at the Rumble. Then they build to Sting and the Undertaker. That would have been the match. I would have loved to see Sting have his moment in against the Undertaker because I guarantee you this, the Undertaker would have put him over.
1: Honestly, I can see that too. I, I could have seen the Undertaker putting Sting over, especially for the respect factor. The Undertaker never left WWE and Sting never left WCW and WWE came out on top. Undertaker would have looked at it, you know, we've already won, you know, um, I've already got the career, you know, this it's your time, you know. It I, I, I agree.
0: I mean that's how they I mean that's how I was hoping they would have done it. Because now Sting will never have a WrestleMania win ever. And that's too bad for a legend who can say, you know, with all the major events he's wrestled, that he's at least one. Y- you can't say that about WrestleMania now because of, you know, tri- you know Triple H's we went ego. We uh, uh,
1: Slam anniversary, which was TNA's version of WrestleMania, and K was WCW's version of WrestleMania. And even before WCW was, was uh, you know, ran by Turner and Bischoff, they had a. Uh, uh, Oh, they had another one originally before Stargate. But he's won at all of them and, and competed at all of them. But WrestleMania is the only one he hasn't had a win at.
0: And Look, I mean, I'll tell you what. I still blame Seth Rollins for the ending of Sting's career. Now, Seth Rollins should have known that you probably shouldn't <laughs> be doing a buckle bomb to a guy in his 50s. Especially with the, tra- you know, with the mileage that sting had on his body at that point now i've argued with people about this people are like well it's not Seth's fault well look sting could have easily said listen i want you to continue to do you i want to show that i can hang and this is why he probably let him do it but that's in common sense step in somewhere and said, look we can still have a great match i don't necessarily have to do this move to you we can still have a great match and yeah i mean i think seth rollins being a veteran should have stepped in and said, I'm not doing this to you.
1: I don't blame Seth Rollins for injuring Sting. I blame Seth Rollins for not being smart enough to step up and say, we're not going to do it. Because Sting said on the WWE Network and other interviews that he had never taken a move before, the one thing he didn't think was to tuck his chin. So Sting went to the when he, the move was performed, he let his head snap back, and he said that was a move that he should have known better, just like with the pile driver, just like with, you know, with certain moves you have to put your head a certain way. He said that he didn't think he was enjoying the moment. So the injury was on Sting for not tucking his chin, but like you like you said, they should have been smart enough to know that there's – they could have prevented the injury by just avoiding the move.
0: And there's no guarantee that if Sting – Because Sting's not
1: 25,
0: 30 years right. old. And if Sting would have tucked his chin – Who's to say that that injury still did not, you know, would not have happened? Again, you're still taking. You may be tucking your chin, but you're still taking the the force of the bump is being taken on the back of your neck, going down your spine. So even if he tucked his chin, there's no way to say for sure if that would have completely protected him or or not. But again,
1: did you see how Roman Reigns took the buckle bomb last night? Yes. If you noticed, he had his hands over the ropes yep. and grabbed the ropes before he had the impact, you know, to protect himself. And if you notice, Roman's neck was really stiff; like he kept it in the same position, kind of tucked down just a little yep. bit, but he made sure he kept his neck firm and straight and stiff. And you know, that's the way it should have been done. I don't. I mean, I th- honestly, the buckle bomb. I'm not saying it's a dangerous maneuver, say like a pile driver, but. From the force and the fact that Sting or Seth throws him from halfway across the ring is what makes it dangerous. Now, if he was to get right up on the buckle and throw him into it, it wouldn't be so risky. Right. But it's the speed and the velocity, and the fact that the, the guy doesn't really know how far he has from the time he leaves Seth to the time he hits the turnbuckle, he can't see. And it's not like he's being thrown into like you know a wall or, or you know like the, uh, the cell or a cage. It's the, the angle of the, of the turnbuckle in the ring, it's that corner piece, and that's what makes it so dangerous. It's all of the above.
0: Agreed. Now, now listen, Seth has a history. Listen, he has a straight-up history of, of, of hurting people. He hurt Sting. He broke John Cena's nose, and if he would have done it any worse to Cena's nose, it could have killed him. Um, he did the buckle bomb, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the buckle bomb, because it wasn't into a buckle, but he did the same thing to Finn Balor, you know, outside, and you know, for Two of those three, you know, two of those three, it all comes down to execution on the other man's part, because if, if you watch the Summerslam match and when Finn takes it, and I even thought when I saw it that it looked a little weird, but you know Finn kept fighting, that I didn't I didn't even think it was hurt, but after the fact, you know, you look at it and you can see, well, look how he landed, blah blah blah. Well, I, 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 it, I it's like you said. Saying- <laughs> I blame Seth for the Finn injury
1: as well. Well, it's like you said to us, it comes out of the execution because if you notice when when he – when Finn and, and Seth, they had the match, Seth ran and threw Finn, but really I felt like Seth should have taken an extra two or three steps because I felt like Finn knew he wasn't going to make – he wasn't going to make the, the, the guardrail. Right. He just wasn't. And so Finn was trying to look back and trying to salvage the move, so to speak, and when he looked back and he moved his arm, that's what happened like i said that was a, a too far of a distance for his seth to let go because he wasn't going to hit the turnbuckle or he wasn't going to hit hit the guardrail um properly or the safest way now you can say well finn shouldn't move he should have just you know taken it but you can't blame finn because he's trying to make the shit look believable well that too plus if finn doesn't
0: look back finn you know smacks his head or smacks his neck on there you're potentially dealing with you know You know, a potential stinger, you know, a neck injury of some sort. I mean, again, Seth Rollins should have taken the time to be like, you know what? It's a good match. I shouldn't be launching him from so far away because then it becomes, okay, what if he doesn't make it over there? I mean, they have – they listen, and I'm sure Seth, uh, Seth and Finn have fought, you know, all over the place. But again, if you have, you should know. Well, this is what I'm gonna do. Here's how I'm gonna do it. I, now, granted, Seth hasn't hurt anybody since. Fingers crossed he doesn't. But I don't know. It just
1: comes. And you can tell Seth has been a lot safer with 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 his moves, and he doesn't necessarily do that that knee very often, and he doesn't do the buckle bomb every match like he was for a while. Right. And he has become safer. There's like you like you said, with Finn. It was either Finn's arm or potentially his neck, and he could have been paralyzed or killed. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, did you? Okay. Speaking of Seth, you see him take that knee to Cena's face again, you know, during the gauntlet match last week? I was like, oh, oh, replay. I was like, how weird would it be if he broke Cena's nose again?
1: <laughs> I that. that. was my first thought. It's like, oh, shooty, bro. All
0: right. So I have a couple surprises that I think could happen tonight as we start finally, you know, for the Raw side of it. We start the official build the mania. I think. Undertaker returns tonight? I think Cena turns tonight. Especially after last night's Talking Raw. Or Raw. Talk. What are your thoughts on that?
1: What are my thoughts on what? I'm sorry. It's slightly cut out.
0: Okay, so my prediction is that The Undertaker returns tonight and Cena turns heel. Especially, oh, Turn Seal. Okay. Especially after oh. last night's, you know, raw talk or, you know, after the pay per view, Cena's ominous words pretty much that I'm going to have to I'll go outside of yeah. protocol to get a match at WrestleMania. And, and it was just the way he was saying it. He came off as a man who was ah! very, very defeated. And he looked, this has probably been the most depressed looking Cena that I've seen in years. He hasn't been that depressed since his first loss to The Rock.
1: Well, I'll hit on Cena in, in, in a moment. I, I, I do think that – well, okay, i prediction. I think Kane kicks off his Mania feud um, with Finn Balor. Uh, they can still go the Braun Strowman route, but I see it being a Finn Balor. Um, maybe a Seth Rollins or an Elias, but I feel like it's going to be one of the younger talents that's not, uh, not necessarily – a John Cena or Brock Lesnar type, but still a main eventer uh, for an average episode of Monday Night Raw. So I, I think that's where Kane's going to, to put someone over. I do think that we see Cena come out, and I, I don't want to say necessarily like whole Raw hostage, or whole whole Raw hodge, but he comes out and and he says he's not leaving until he gets a match or or he's you know he loses his mind or something. And I do think we see the Undertaker come out. And I think that he'll by putting his hands on the Undertaker first because I don't think you're going to expect that. If Undertaker was to return, he always you to know, grab someone by the throat, choke slam them. Okay, they're fighting a mania. I think it'd be really different if they get Cena to put his hands on Taker first. So that's what I'm predicting. I'm also predicting that the uh, Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns thing will get physical. Um, they teased that last night. That that's. About it for right now.
0: I think Braun comes out during that. I think we're going to start seeing more movement towards a triple threat. Don't be surprised if you see Braun come out here during that time and say, you know, whatever he needs to say to get himself on that card. But uh, I also think we see Bailey turn heel tonight. And I want to know your thoughts on something. It was a nice debate going on in the New Blood Wrestling group, which you know I run. Do you see Bailey turning heel? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you see it with your own two eyes, Bailey being a good heel?
1: Baby uh, Bailey being the heel? Yeah.
0: Yes. And why is that?
1: One hundred percent. Okay, so the it's, it's the perfect story. It's been told before, but I think especially with her past and the character she's portrayed, it, it's perfect. Bailey's always been the hugger. She's always worried about the fans. She's always worried about you know friends, and it's gotten her nowhere. She was champion for a few months. But besides that, it didn't get her nowhere. And, you know, now she's sick of it. Her friend screwed her. Heel turn. Get rid of that stupid bun on the top of her head, that ponytail. Down. Have it wet. Goofy, colorful outfits. Straight heel. Straight It's fresh. It's new. It's never been.
0: (laughs) Straight Eddie Guerrero heel. Latino heat heel. Yeah. Exactly. Come out with a exactly you You got the wet hair you're you're giving the crowd just this disdain look like can't believe i ever saw anything you jerks you know something like that and i think it would work now i guess i'm trying to ask the question okay we can see you know again i think it comes down to booking if it's going to work you're going to have to book it properly it's going to have to because if you don't if you turn her heel and she fails you know her career could be you know, damaged beyond repair. So now the debate going on wasn't necessarily if WWE books it properly. It's do you as a fan, and I'm not even talking about the story like you just said, but as a fan, do you see it sitting there going, huh, Bailey?" Yeah. As a fan watching at home, do you see it that way that she could be a heel? Or do you sit there and go, eh, no, I don't see it. Because the way I see it. I'm going to
1: say about Chris Jericho. I think that just like with Chris Jericho, Jericho, no matter what, Jericho's a better heel. He can do both. He can be a babyface, But he's never won a world title as a babyface. His six reigns has always been his heel. And Jericho is a better heel, hands down. With Triple H, I think he's a better heel. I, I, hands down, better heel. Same with Bailey. I think if they give her that opportunity, out of the park, out of the park. Uh, you know, uh, just like with 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 Charlotte, I think she's a better heel. I think if Bailey has that opportunity, especially with her being doing the same things as NXT, it's something fresh, it's something she can sink your teeth into. And Bailey has stated that she would like to be That's heel. Right. She has
0: stated that. That's a fact.
1: Her example, "I do not want to have a John Cena career." In the fact that it's the same thing for her whole career, she wants to do something, freshen it up, switch it up, change it up. Agreed. She does not want to be complacent. Agreed. And that was her exact words. I watched a video probably a week or two ago, right before this, because it was put up, because, you know, with, with the talk of the, the heel turn. And I watched it, and you can feel almost some passion that she does not want to be complacent. Or well, let's look, rest on her laurels and, and scrape by, scoot by. She does not want that. So I personally can buy it.
0: I can buy it. And also, and and here's what a lot of my responses to the people who were saying that they couldn't see Bailey in there. No one thought Hogan could pull it off in 96. Look what happened. Nope. Right? People were telling the Rock to die, Rocky, die. They turned him heel. No one thought the Rock could pull it off. He pulls it off. There's just, you know, and listen, and and one of the comments earlier was, you know, she's not on the league of Alexa when it becomes, you know, with Alexa being a heel. But there was a time and place where Alexa had never been a heel before. How do you think she became good at what she did?
1: Alexa came out on NXT looking like the, you know, a farmer girl from next door on a tractor, stupid crap that they had her doing. It was the gimmick wise, I thought it was stupid. Almost the. Stupid as as the Bailey thing when she I, I understand why they did it in NXT, you know, with the, with the same fans though, a lot of times coming in the kids. But I feel like when they moved Bailey to Raw, they could have kept her, you know, a baby face. But I think they should have cut out the damn blow up balloons and and that stupid hairdo she was wearing. But like you said,
0: stop hating on that hairdo, man. That's pretty good hairdo.
1: Didn't um, think Hogan could do it. Didn't think, uh, didn't think Hogan could do it. Didn't think Raw, and and they they did it. And I I, I honestly really but believe my it point can work.
0: is is that at some point in time, everybody has their first time at something, whether it's being a baby face, whether it's being a heel, you always have to start at the first time for anything you do. So this whole argument of Look at so the whole argument of, you know, you know, she can't do it. It's like how do you know that? We've never seen her in it. You know, same with Hogan. And someone responded to me during that and said, well, Hogan is a baby face, was biting people in the head. I'm like, well, okay, but there's more to being a heel or having heel tendencies than biting somebody in the head.
1: <laughs> it's not, not 1980 no more. Look at Edge. Edge was a baby face. I mean, yeah, he did the brew thing, and that was when, you know, they were doing their thing, and, and they had the Edge thing, but then when he broke out as a single star – for a while, he was good guy. He had a matchup with Kurt Angle. Uh, he had this stuff with the stuff inv- with the Invasion, like with Test and won the, you know, the championships there. You got the king of the ring, and they really built him up. And then when they finally pushed him as a singles heel, people at first really didn't care. Because when he came back from injury, and he was fighting uh, Batista, uh, who I want to say so it was Batista, Maybe RVD and Edge, they, they, he was supposed to be a good guy, and he came back and they booed him in his hometown of Toronto. And Edge had talked on the podcast with his Christian's podcast that Vince at the time was the only one that saw him as a singles heel star. Yeah. Michael uh, Michael Hayes didn't think he would make it as a heel on his own because the only way he thought that him and Christian got over was because of the goofy stuff they were doing before they got in the ring. But when Edge first came back, they booed him that night, but then they just kind of didn't boo, didn't cheer, but then when they finally got the skin behind it and they turned him full fledged heel, oh, people hated him. They hated Edge. Now, granted, a lot of this stuff happened with Matt Hardy and Lita, literally on down the line that really gave real heat. But still, I think Bailey's capable. Um, I think that, especially what we saw last night with her and Sasha, where you know Sasha's getting ready to run off the ropes and Bailey just tackles her, and she had that look in her eyes, and it wasn't it wasn't forced. It wasn't. Like you, it wasn't bad acting. I guess is what I'm saying. It was, it was believable. She, I, I felt like she really was pissed at Sasha Banks, and it was almost like, wait a minute, this ain't how it's going down. We're gonna duke it out, whip your ass. I'm going to mania. See, I just feel it. See,
0: yeah, and, and I do too. And then look, at, I think they're still teasing us with the whole Sasha thing. Like right? Sasha's gonna be the one that turns because Sasha's the one that kicked Bailey off the pod pretty much last night. When the, you know, and all the way down, and it's like, oh well, look at this. And Corey Graves says. I, I knew it. I told you that Sasha would turn on Bailey. And I think that it's this is why I'm seeing the Bailey turn coming, because I think WWE is starting to make it a bit too obvious in foreshadowing that it's really Bailey. And they need to hurry up and just pull the trigger one way or the other before you be, no. before you make it too obvious you take away that moment. If
1: you look at this point, if you look at how that okay I'm, I'm sorry it was a little bit of lag but if you look at how they've done the, the whole Sasha banks thing okay so Sasha banks screwed Bailey at the rumble yep. well the point is it's every woman for themselves okay so now Sasha screws Bailey at the chamber once again it's every woman for themselves it's the chance to go to mania so Sasha banks has a legitimate reason that she can get away with screwing Bailey over because it's every woman for themselves and Bailey would have done the same thing if she had the opportunity that they could play that story up so you think Sasha's the one turning heel. But then you have Bailey on the other hand So we're supposed to be friends and you screwed me every way. And almost like when Christian turned on Edge, you didn't see it coming. And Bailey goes and says, I've had enough of your crap. And then Sasha's left in the ring after she had her ass kicked. Like, well, I was doing what any woman would do. I was trying to get to WrestleMania. Yada, yada, yada. And Bailey, that's how, that's how the heel turn goes. That's how I see it. That's how I would book it. Because like I said, the way that they've done it, you think it's going to be Sasha. Sasha screwed Bailey twice now at the chamber, at the Rumble, but it was in matches where it's every woman for themselves.
0: I could see it going off that way or I could see it going off one other way. I could see Bailey being the replacement of Paige in Absolution, and Absolution, and and here's how it happens. So Absolution is jumping on Banks, and all of a sudden, oh, here comes Bailey to save the day. Here comes Bailey, And then all of a sudden, Bailey, boom, knocks the living crap out of Sasha Banks and starts stomping a mud hole in her you know, that's
1: good, James. I didn't think about that. That's that's really good.
0: I mean, they could kind of do it like the NWO thing if they wanted to recreate a moment, right? You know, the two women are in there. You know, it's like when Hall and Nash were out there taking it to Savage, and here came Hogan, right? And then all of a sudden they cleared out. Absolution could clear out. Bailey's coming out with a chair or something. Then all of a sudden, wham! Turn on her.
1: And that's the thing, too. If they are going to turn Bailey Hill, they can't just have Bailey hit Sasha one time and leave. They've got to have Bailey beat uh, the living dog crap out of Sasha. Yep. They have got to get in and sell that story. Not tell the story, but sell the story. The
0: more they have intense, got to have Sasha- The more intense the turn, the more intense the beating is, the more it's going to get over. The more that moment is going to be iconic. What did Seth Rollins do when it was time to turn on the shield? He cracked the crap out of Roman, and then he beat the living crap out of Dean with the chair. The more intense the moment – I mean, the more intense the physicality in the turn, the more it's going to get over.
1: Exactly. And if you look at how they did the whole uh, Zack Ryder, Mojo, Raleigh turn, Mojo beat Zack Ryder for, like, 30 seconds, and, and then he just yelled at him and stared at him, and that was total crap. Yeah. They've got to have it, like, like you said, like the shield. they got to have Bailey really laying on intensity, hatred, they they have to they have to do they can't have it where Bailey walks out of a tag match you know or you know Bailey costs her a match or pushes her down or slaps her you know you gotta have beat the ever ever loving dog crap out of Sasha Banks and well, sell that point.
0: I would be okay if it was like the old generic as long as Bailey beats the living you know stuffing out of her. Again, the moment the turn happens, it, you know. I you know I don't necessarily care about oh uh, well, what would happen to the tag match or what happened where you know Bailey pushed her down or or blah 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 as long as Bailey to me kicks the living crap out of her I'm good with that because again it's all about Bailey at that point in time okay Bailey here's your chance and she needs to just lay it on her like you said she just needs to whoop her ass. <laughs>
1: if they don't do it that way, that, and I think that's what a lot of people online are saying. With the character and the way they book Bailey, they've booked her so goofy that if she was the turn deal and still be goofy about it, it's not believable. And I can see their point on that 100%. Yep, I can. If they book it, and, and that's the thing, you've got to have that Bailey be more free with how she's portraying herself when they do this heel turn. They can't have her. They can't have her do it with the little bun sticking up out of her head and the headbands. She's got to take that crap out, beat the crap out of Sasha, or it's not going to work. It's just not. You can't have her in the same goofy outfit, the same stupid side ponytail at the top of your head, the berets in your hair with tassels on, on on your arms. You can't turn heel wearing that crap. She's going to have to beat Sasha up and then either rip that stuff off or take it off before she beats Sasha or, or something, or have a backstage segment and beat the crap out of her something. It's not just a straight beat down without all the goofy crap. It's not going to work.
0: No, nope, I totally agree with you. All right, guys, we're going to cut this podcast off here. We got raw in fifteen minutes. So, Lane, I hope you enjoy raw, man. We'll see what happens if any of our surprises actually turn out and work out.
1: All righty, thanks for having me.
0: All right, man. We will talk to you guys either on Tuesday or Thursday. I may not podcast tomorrow due to the fact that I podcast about four days in a row and may want to give myself a little bit of a break. But if I do podcast tomorrow, it'll be around the same time at about 7 or 7.30. If not, I'll be back Thursday around 7.30. All right, so you guys enjoy Raw. We'll talk to you guys soon.